This morning we are in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 11 through 21. Hear now his word. Since then we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. And if we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So, from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are, therefore, Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you then on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Gracious and almighty God, I give you great thanks for your servant Paul, who penned these words so many generations ago. That first generation of men and women calling themselves Christians, followers of Christ, needed direction and encouragement. And Lord, here we are, 2017, and we still need these words for hope for ourselves. I pray, O oh God, that you will make these words new and fresh for us today. And I pray especially, Lord, that you will come in and through, and even if necessary, in spite of me, your servant today, in your son's name I pray, amen. Would you please be seated? <clears throat> I want, Bud, if you would put that very last little scripture up. No, nope, keep going. The very last one, the very last words. Now we are the body of Christ. Why don't you read that word? Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. But you see, this is the thing that we don't see, is the inflection of what needs focus. What is the very first word? Not tomorrow. Not next week. Not a month on down the road when my schedule is not busy and I have time. Right now. Now, Paul says... You are the body of Christ. And what is the next word? And what? Each one is a part of it. Not those they people or the people on the other side of the pew for me. Now, you are the body of Christ. I love that. 
The sermon series that Graham and I are doing today in the next couple of weeks is called Living Into the Vision. Living into the vision that Christ has set for Kennesaw United Methodist Church. Not for you and me, but for where we are here in this community, in this area, that God placed us here for a purpose and for a reason. I want to share with you or begin with the, this, this part of the scripture. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. My grandmother Clyde, y'all have heard me use many examples of Grandma Clyde. I want to remind you, this is a most amazing woman. She buried six husbands. Her name was Clyde Jane Rucker, Gilbert Reese, Lockmiller Worthy, Harvey Peebles. That's a lot of men. Go, girl. But the point is, is that she was the most godly woman I knew. Um, I remember as a little girl, there was one Saturday night when I was over at her house, and we had eaten supper that night. My sister and I were spending the night with Grandma, and she had made fresh biscuits for dinner. It was so yummy, and we had about four or five left over, and so I said, Grandma, you want me to put this in a Ziploc bag, and, and she said, oh, no, baby, we just need to throw it out, and I said, well, don't we need it for tomorrow, and she said, no, baby, tomorrow when we come home from church, we're going to make fresh bread. There's no leftovers. She said, don't you remember when your Sunday school class taught you about when those people were aimlessly wandering in the desert and God sent manna down from heaven to feed them? She said, what did he say to those people? Don't you store it up overnight. Because guess what? I'm going to provide brand new and fresh for you tomorrow. So anybody who comes through my door is going to get fresh bread. And she'd get that bowl out, and she'd pour four or five or so cups of flour in that bowl. And depending on if we had yeast rolls, she'd put two eggs in it with the yeast. Or if it was going to be biscuit, she would put buttermilk in it. No matter what, she'd let it get ready and ready to go, and she'd roll it out. She'd cut those biscuit, put them on the bacon dish, put them in the oven in the house, smelled so amazing. Fresh bread. Clyde Jane Rucker, Gilbert Reese, Lockmiller, Worthy, Harvey Peoples. I think she's still making fresh bread for God in heaven if they've got an oven, I'm just saying. Biscuits. Never saved over. Always new. This is your church. Kennesaw United Methodist Church is made up of this body. Now you are the body of Christ. Graham and I are here for a season. I don't know how long that season is. This is our claim in this area with the university on one side and new families coming into the area all around us. The fact is, folks, people are knocking on this door. They are knocking at this door. And you know what? They don't even know what they're looking for half the time. They don't know what they're missing. No one made them come here, but still they're coming. Folks are searching, and I'll tell you, when they knock on the door, they are looking for Clyde's fresh bread. That's what they want. 
They want something new and fresh. And they go to this community, they live in this community, and they're looking for something fresh. They go to these schools, and they go to these schools, and they're looking for something fresh. And then they come here. And you see, this is what I think. This is what I think they're looking for. They want to encounter a vibrant faith. What makes us different from that church right around the corner? They want to see something that's alive and work in and work in their faith. They want to embrace hope for tomorrow. They come here, some of them come here so hopeless, they need a little bit of fresh bread to bring them hope. They need hope for their lives. So they come here searching. They want to embrace that. They want to experience an extravagant love. An extravagant love. You know, part of our mission statement is that we, where we care for one another and people are cared for here. They want that so much, but they don't even know it. They want to encounter a vibrant faith. How can we, Kennesaw United Methodist Church, this community, embrace them? By serving fresh bread, whatever way that looks. Paul wrote these words, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. That means that God is using you and me. You and I are the conduit through which God brings hope to this community. I am an ambassador for Christ. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am an ambassador for Christ. Now say to that person, you don't look like it yet, but <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Yeah, so, yeah, so we are ambassadors for Christ. And I asked God to offer me fresh bread once because I was tired. And then I got to thinking as I was putting this together, but am I too old? I'm 62 years of age. I'm not, I'm not a young thing anymore whatever a young thing is. I'm not that anymore. On Facebook three or four, about a month ago, I guess it was, I, I, I had looked in the mirror and I went, ooh, girlfriend. Looking a little rough. And now I can't help. This body is aging. This body is not 30 years old anymore. But that doesn't mean I have to be old. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't mean I have to think old. You can be 20 years old and think old. Are we old? See, this is the thing. I can't stop the aging process, but I can choose not to be old. Are we old? Do people of this community look at Kennesaw United Methodist Church and think, you all are old? Are we at a stage where it's okay to give people who come through our doors bread from yesterday? Or are we going to be about getting our bowl out, putting that flour in it, and either making yeast rolls or biscuit? Are we about that for our God and Savior? Because guess what? God sent Jesus to be fresh for you and me. Because the old way wasn't working anymore. The old way of the law wasn't working, so God sent His Son the fresh expression, the new way. Granted, the sanctuary is aging, but it's not old. We have some new buildings. Are they old? No. But we are, are we acting old 
as a body of Christ? Or are we living into the vision that God has for us here? Maybe we're tired. I don't know. <clears throat> Have we stopped making Clyde's biscuits? No. No, we have not. We have not. Ray and I have this good buddy of ours. <clears throat> He's a hoot. His name is Jackie Brennan. And I'm going to get a copy of this um, CD, of this podcast, and send it down to him. He'll laugh when he knows I used him as, a, as an example. He's, his, he's married to Billy. She and Jackie have been married for almost 60 years. He's 80. How old is he, Ray? 80? 81, not that we're counting. Do you know that he, he and his wife, they attend Jonesboro First Baptist Church down in Jonesboro. And he is the number one youth counselor at that church. He gets with those young people, and they love on him, and he loves on those young people, and they love him. And when the girls come up, you know how teenage girls, you know, we kind of struggle with their identity, you know, they're not sure. He'll, they'll go up to him, and, and he'll, he'll say to them, tell me, now tell me, I'm old, now tell me what your name is again. And they'll go Sally or, or Jill, and he'll go, now, I thought I remembered your name is S-P-E-C-I-A-L. Special, in case you can't. <laughs> Do you know that he's still riding a motorcycle with Ray and me? He's, he did our rally for the kids last weekend. This man is amazing because, you know, he's got, every, he's got new knees, new hips. He's got new parts all over the place. He's got new warranties on life. He's 81 years of old, and, and he is still, with every breath of his body, loving on young people, loving on the teenagers at that age. To continually live into the vision, folks, you and I must maintain a constant season of rebirth and re-excitement. Paul wrote this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. I'm not the same as I was last week or five years ago. The old has gone and the new is here. We are living in a season of do-overs, of restarts, looking for ways of new, fresh expressions, finding ways to serve fresh bread. But are we holding on to that Ziploc bag with yesterday's rolls and very quick to throw them into a microwave to try to make it look fresh again? What are we doing there? The prophet Joel wrote this. In those days, then I will pour out my spirit upon all mankind. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men shall dream new dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Even upon the servants and the handmaids, in those days I will pour out my spirit and I will work wonders in the heavens and on the earth. You see, folks, God says through Joel that your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Are we listening to them? Your old men shall dream new dreams. Are we listening to their wisdom in their new dreams? Your young men shall see visions. Are we empowering these young people with their visions? God says, when this happens, I am pleased. Yes, we are in our stewardship time. And yes, historically, the focus has been on money, but that is not who I am. 
It is not to focus on money. And if Bill White were here today, he'd be falling out on the chair as our finance chair. What do you mean you don't love money? That's all what I'm saying. Because you see, when we focus just on money, folks, that becomes idyllic. It becomes an idol that we fall down before, and that's not the point of stewardship. Stewardship is a holistic time. Stewardship is a year-round time. It's not just these three weeks, sometime in October and November. Instead, the financial aspect of our stewardship time is our response to our love in Christ Jesus and what he has done for me. How dare I bring to God my stale little song, the little drummer boy, that Christmas song, it always gets my heart because there in the, the song it says that here were the, the wise men that brought the frank and myrrh and frankincense and all the other oils and the, the gifts and the gold and laid it down and this little kid, all he had was a drum and he just beat away because that's all he had but he made up beautiful music for that baby. What beautiful music are we making for that Christ child? Who's sitting on this pew next to you? Do you know them? Do you know their story? Have you taken the time to learn their story and what's going on in their lives? Are they new to the church? Have we focused on that? Are we just quick to say, hello, how are you? Or are we embarrassed to say, I don't think I recognize you. Are you new? Well, no, I go to the 830 service. I'm here today or another service. That would be lovely. Or maybe they really are new. The fact is, folks, people are coming to KUMC. We are in a period, a season of growth. You've seen the people joining and other people at, other, at the other worship services. Do we know what they're looking for? They're coming. They are searching. When they knock on our door, they are looking for Clyde's biscuits. But there are four things that you and I need to be mindful of as I close this out. The first thing that you and I need to be mindful of in this season of stewardship is that you and I have a faith that is enveloped in a devout prayer life. A devout prayer life. Everything that we are is enveloped in prayer. St. Francis of Assisi again said, prayer is the key to the morning and the lock at night. Is that you and me? The second thing is this, that they are looking for a faith devoted to regular Bible study. What we pour into ourselves, that which we pour into ourselves, is all we have to pour out into others. And folks, if we aren't feeding ourselves, then we're never going to be able to pour out onto other people. After the first of the year, we're going to start a whole new vamp of Bible studies. I can hardly wait for that. Is that you and me? Are we in a Bible study or not? The third thing is this, a faith that is centered on constant worship. And I don't mean one hour on Sunday. Constant worship is beyond these walls. It's always out there. There's a song written in 1988 by Larnell Harris and the words... First time I heard it, just grabbed my heart because I realized that that was me. He was speaking to me. <clears throat> the first verse in chorus is, 
There he was just waiting, he being God. There he was just waiting in our old familiar place, an empty spot beside him where I once used to wait to be filled with strength and wisdom for the battles of the day. I would have passed him by again, but I clearly heard him say, I miss my time with you. Those moments together, I need to be with you each day. And it hurts me when you say you're too busy. You're too busy trying to serve me. But tell me, how can you serve me when your spirit's empty? There's a longing in my heart, wanting more than just a part of you. It's true, I miss my time with you. Do we have a faith centered on constant worship? And lastly, the fourth thing, a faith that is connected in small groups. After the first of the year, we're headed towards that, folks. We've got to get connected individually with groups of people, whether it's on Sunday or during the week. Malachi 3 says, He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. That's what we do in our small groups. I don't know what I'd do without mine, my husband and I. We love our small group. They refine me, and we refine each other. As Ron said earlier, iron sharpens iron. Jackie Brennan is 81 years of age, and he's still working with the youth. He's an aged man, but he's not old. By the time Grandma Clyde was 92 years of age, in her little assisted living home, she was still baking biscuit every single day for those old people that lived down the hallway from her. I don't know about you folks, but as we go through this stewardship time, I do believe it's time for you and me to get out our bowl, pour three or four cups of flour in it and make us some biscuit gracious and almighty God I give you great thanks for this congregation I give you great thanks God for their their love for you their heart for ministry their heart for mission I pray oh God that in this time of stewardship that you will guide each and every one of us where we would get before you God and say what of me God where of me and how of me So God, in the moments ahead as we enter into a time of communion, I am so grateful that you sent the freshness of your son, Jesus Christ, to bring us new birth and new life in you, God. Let us indeed be that for our community. In your son's holy and most precious name, I pray. Amen.